Hi gorgeous, this is episode number 114 and we are having the very special guest, CEO and founder of World Peace 2035, Gerd Olives on the show. Hello, uh, this is uh, Gert Olefs. Uh, you are listening to Heart Cells, a podcast with Christine Slonsky. Enjoy it. I am over the moon to talk to Gerd Olefs today because he is selling a huge idea to the world. Before we dive in, make sure you subscribe to Heart Cells podcast. Please leave it a rating and a review on iTunes or Stitchers and hop on over to christineschlonsky.com find the podcast tab to find the episode with all the keynotes, the show notes, the transcript, the resources, and all the social media links to the amazing guest. It's just one click away. I had the honor of meeting Gerd and listening to one of his presentations last year, and I invited him to be a guest on Heart Sales Podcast because I love the huge idea that he is selling. He asked the man in the mirror what to do and he got his answer and that answer was pretty big. Gerd is the founder and CEO of World Peace 2035. He's an author, a public speaker, a highly experienced corporate and SME business professional, recruitment expert and a global citizen having lived and worked in three different continents. World Peace 2035 is the only nonprofit organization setting the daring and ambitious goal of reaching world peace with a due date, the due date of 2035. After only having been on Facebook for 18 months, World Peace had already reached more than 840,000 followers and is adding more than 1,000 each day. World Peace 2035 will reach about a million this summer 2019. And I'm so super excited to have the conversation, to tune into Gert's heart and to share inspiration and motivation with you. So let's welcome Gert. Well, I am so excited to have Gert on the show today. Thank you so much for being here and welcome to Heart Sells Podcast. Well, it's my pleasure to be here, Christine. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's so, it's so wonderful to have the conversation with you today because you are up to so amazing things in the world that when, when we met, I was really excited that somebody puts himself out there in such a big way like you do. So before I take it all away, I'm just going to give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit of your background, like what inspired you to do what you do? so that the listeners can get a good feel of your passion. Okay. Um, I think it's, it's already a long uh, story in the making. Um, if people can just Google my name and they can find some YouTube uh, video and TED Talks where I also give more explanations so I don't have 30 minutes just to give this intro. But in essence, it's been a long uh, journey where I kind of crystallized everything uh, about... Uh, I would say four years ago, four and a half years ago, by starting to write a book. I was coached by a, by a, uh, a woman who told me the truth. And I had prepared another uh, book, which was called I Help You Find Your Purpose. 
And she didn't like what I had written. And she told me, she said, Herta, I don't like this. So you, it doesn't touch me. And there are many books like this and that and that. And then she said, um, and, and this was very tough for me to, to, to hear. And then within that same coaching session, I used that um, energy of the disappointment and turned it into, well, okay. You know, if I let go of all the barriers that I have, all the mental barriers, the, the, the limiting self-beliefs, if I want to write a book, which is truly in my heart uh, and, and truly in line with my passion, it's about world peace. And then my coach said, this is the book you need to write. She said, since I know you six months ago, whenever we talk about this subject, you're so passionate and you're so knowledgeable and you have read so much and this and that, this is the book you have to write. So that's what I started doing. It was like writing the book. And as I was writing the book, I thought this is, these are words, this is easy. The world needs action. And I've, I've done a lot in my career. I've, I've had a 30-year career already in the business world, international. I have my own business for the last 15 years. And, and it comes down to action. The world really needs action. But that, then you need to step out of the shadows. And you need to step forward. And that's a big, big step. It's, it's, it's not easy. I, I acknowledge that. But at some point, you need to ask yourself a few questions. And that's my, my talk about the man in the mirror. It's, it's the conversation I've had and answering a few key questions. And the first question that my man asked me is, what are you doing about the war in Syria, the war in Yemen, the war in, in all the other countries? What are you doing about it to help those people? Question mark. And then the second one is, if not you, who? Because I feel a very privileged person. We all are. Probably many of your listeners are. So if we don't act, who's going to do it? Mm. And if you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? How long are you going to keep listening to what I call those little voices in your head who tell you, oh, you cannot do this. This is too big. This is too this and that. You, can't, you are not strong enough. You're not knowledgeable enough. You're, you're, you know, those, they are very powerful little voices and you have to learn how to silence them or how to put them aside. And then the fourth question for my generation of people is a very important one, is the legacy. So, you know, what, what do you want to leave behind? Uh, and that's, that's I, I could not live with myself, to be honest. I asked myself that question, can you live with yourself in 2035 if you would not have acted, knowing that you could and that you should have acted? And the answer to myself was, I could not live with myself. I would feel like I would be a failure because I know I have all these talents. I, have all, I had all these opportunities. I, I grew up in, a, in a, a very peaceful region and for the first time in history. We live, you and I and all the listeners probably in Western Europe, we live in such a privileged environment and we, we are the fruits of peace. So I said, wow, my life has, my, my parents are just normal people, average people. I, I don't come from a privileged background financially or whatever. I, I'm, I consider myself to be a rich person in experiences and all that, but not in monetary terms. I have a good life, but nothing financially, nothing more than that. But what a fantastic life. And, 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 and that's, those questions will help you. And then there is another one that is very fundamental, and that is why. You know, it is, why are you here? What's your purpose? What's your calling? A non-religious meaning, yeah, but why are you here? What difference uh, can you make in your own unique way? And if you start asking yourself those questions, you come to, in my case, this project of uh, World Peace 2035, which I think, and, and we did in the meantime, we did some market study of all the peace NGOs and all that. We have a database with it, it's a bit of a business injection in the nonprofit uh, approach. And, and there is nobody working on peace with the due date. 
And that's why we, why I, I kind of did it. It's like, uh, you need to make this into an objective. You, you, can you believe that world peace is not an objective? It's not even an objective in the sustainable development goals of the United Nations. And so uh, SDG 16 is vague. And I said, no way. If, if we want to achieve this and we should, and we sh everybody should have the chance to have my life or your life or uh, our lives, this kind of quality and this kind of opportunities, but you need peace for that. I mean, we are both, uh, I would say, um, descendants of, of our fathers and grandfathers uh, who have been through war. And we know in all our villages, we know the consequences of this and how terrible. And then we are just, I mean, I'm one generation further than you, probably, Christine, but I'm the first generation that grew up in peace. And this has always been with me. I've been started reading books and, and all that. My, my grandfather was a, was a soldier in First World War. I have his medals uh, with me. They mean a lot to me. I go and visit the cemeteries that are in my country and because we have a small country, but it's very rich in war memory. We have Waterloo. We have the whole uh, Wipers or Ypres. We have Bastogne. We have those big names of uh, warfare. So we know in this country what it means. And then we have had peace. And it's like, wow. And so we need action and we need people to step forward and you do not serve the world by standing in the shadows and by remaining in the shadows. Uh, so you, I think courage is a big one and the, the connection, the connection with your purpose, because that gives you a lot, a lot of um, energy, motivation, determination and, and power to put aside those nasty little voices and, and uh, the fear you know, yeah. because don't, don't make no mistakes. I had a lot of fear uh, before starting this. And now I can just tell your listeners after one and a half year, we have, we will reach 1 million followers on Facebook in, in August for a nonprofit. This is already amongst the eight or nine best in the world. Uh, after only one and a half year, those that are in front of us, they are, they have been around for, for decades. Okay. And so the, I know that the, the message of peace is a very powerful one. People are interested by it. So that's the beginning. The beginning is spread the message. And now we are in the process of um, rewriting the website. It will go online again, the new content in a few days. And just yesterday, um, we have developed uh, from a professional standpoint programs about how can we bring this uh, peace concept into any kind of organization because you have the peace, the big peace amongst nations uh, and in the world, but you have peace inside yourself, but you have peace in your immediate surroundings, be it the family, be it friends, be it uh, work. And so I am a coach. I am a recruiter. Um, so that's my habitat, professional habitat. Before that, I was 20-year corporate uh, executive, uh, international, up to significant level, let's say. And so that combined expertise um, will now guide me to bring the peace message to the not just the business world, also the nonprofit world and also governments. Uh, so that, that's why I use the term uh, any organization. So you need to to construct peace uh, within yourself, which is a hell of a, I mean, not that's the wrong word, sorry. It's a terrific, uh, fantastic journey. It's the most fantastic journey you can undertake because you will enter all kinds of landscapes and discover all kinds of wonderful things, uh, scary sometimes, fantastic sometimes. And everybody, and this is what I would like to underscore to your listeners, all of you out there, you all have tremendous potential. Yeah. You all have a mission and a, and, a, and a purpose. And if you can align that purpose with what you do in life, 
you're going to really uh, open doors that you, you, you couldn't believe were possible. And you're going to meet very special people just to, I mean, this is just an example from my own last 18 months. I am now in contact with two um, nominees for the Nobel Peace Prize. They are now, I'm, 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 I'm communicating with them. I will spend three days with one of those two people, uh, Ella, uh, sorry, Scylla Elworthy. Uh, she has been fantastic. If you read about her, uh, she has a 50-year service to humankind already. And I'll spend three days with her in Scotland in a retreat about finding peace in yourself, creating peace in yourself, and how to then, from the peace within, bring it to the external world. And then, so two years ago, I had no, I, I didn't know her. I had no idea. You know, uh, I've, when I wrote my book, I had my an ex prime minister of Belgium who wrote the foreword. And people are open to this. So when when you can align with your purpose, whatever it is, huh, in whatever field, it doesn't have to be about big big things. It can be small but extremely valuable things. It can be uh, taking care of uh, some sick people or, or, or even of your own children, your own family. Uh, it can be teaching people. Any, any profession has a deep meaning or can have a deep meaning. If yeah. you can tap into this, you are on your way to, uh, to really not just deepening but also accelerating and making the journey extremely joyful and fascinating. Yeah. yeah let's take it a little step back because, you know, right. We have listeners in over 30 countries already, so not just, not just Europe, um, okay. just to give a little bit of background. So you are from the Netherlands? No, I'm from Belgium. Oh, I'm I, sorry. I, yeah, I was born and raised in, <laughs> no, no, no problem, but they are, my, they are our friends anyway. Huh? Uh, but I was born and raised in Brussels, which symbolically, I grew up a few hundred meters from the European institutions. And I'm a strong European. I feel that Europe has achieved something phenomenal in the last 70 years. Both of us, you know, those people outside of the continent also, we have been a very troubled continent for a very long time since Julius Caesar visited us. We've been at war most of the time for 2,000 years. And then some, some miracle happened after the Second World War and we created peace. Not only peace, but also very profound reconciliation. And that is a very powerful message to the world. And I think that... Um, what is very, very uh, much in the news these last, uh, wherever you live in the world, Brexit must ring a bell, I guess. And I'm, I think it's a, it's a terrible thing, but from a peace perspective, not one person has even thought about violence or about solving this problem in a violent way. So that's not even on the agenda. It's not even near any agenda. It's just not part of the equation. That is just 150 years ago, this would have been large-scale war, without any doubt. This is just how far we have come, is that, the, that peace and, and non-violent uh, resolution of a severe conflict can very much be part of how humans interact with each other. Even groups of people that have been enemies, eh, the French, the Germans, the English, the Spanish, the Dutch, we've all been at war with each other throughout the, the ages, and today this is just totally vanished. That's very powerful. And this is for me, for the rest of the world, if you happen to live in the Middle East or in, in conflict zones, it is possible. You know, if, if somebody would have said uh, uh, 75 years ago, 1940, that we would have long peace in 90, from, from 1945 onwards, nobody would have believed you. But yet this is what happened. 
So I'm a strong believer that it's possible because my life is proof of it and your life is proof of it. And actually everybody's life in, in the European Union is proof of it. And so it's something we can extrapolate. It's something we can export. If you want to use a, a, a business term, we can export to the, to the parts of the world where it is necessary. Yeah, I think it's all about, you know, from the sales standpoint, bringing an idea to the world. It's like, you know, it's kind of a form of sales as well to get people to understand the big vision. So often we, you know, we have our own little worlds and, you know, the business to run and sales from my view is like holistic. But, you know, if I don't have the peace inside, if, you know, I'm, I'm not happy with my life, I will show up in a different way. I think people are very sensitive. There's a lot of unspoken communication going on. Uh, and um, so I, say, I say selling is, is actually providing solutions huh, to, to people's need. I've been, I started in R&D. I'm, I'm a bioengineer and I was not at all a salesperson. I still am not. Um, but I have been active in sales and marketing business development for almost my whole career. I, I, I quite quickly moved out of R&D and into technical sales support, started traveling all around the world and solving problems in factories, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I just started business development in Asia Pacific, built a business from zero. Uh, and uh, so I did selling also, but it is providing solutions. It's also connecting with people, uh, listening to people, listening what's, what are their needs and how can I provide a, an answer to that need within, yeah. within the service or the products that I'm providing. Well, um, I think you're one of the biggest salespeople because you sell this huge idea with a deadline. <laughs> well, yeah. It's 2035 and like 1 million people in August will be following that idea. Right. I'm looking for a way to make it possible. I mean, that's quite a huge achievement and you can't do it without sales. And sales comes through passion. So you're so passionate about what you do. So what could you tell listeners when your journey started and you felt it deep inside that this was the next book to write? This was what you wanted to achieve. You wanted to look in the mirror in 2035 and you happy with a person looking back. Right. Well, I, I had a teacher when I was at high school and he said uh, something. He was a very funny uh, mathematics teacher, a very intelligent person, a little bit Einstein uh, type, but, but a bit off the chart in terms of uh, thinking and, and all that. But he said, what you have not done before you're 21st uh, is not really part of you of the profound, uh, deep uh, uh, person and I, I identity that you are. And if I look back at everything I'm doing, whether it is uh, writing or public speaking, uh, it's, it's something that I've done at a very young age. Huh? I always wanted to write. I've always been good at writing these little school works, you know, one page, two page uh, things. I've written several books already, but none of them published except my last one, the, the World Peace 2035, because I'm really super motivated for this one, but I did that during travels and all that. So it's been part of me for a long time. Huh? Uh, public speaking at 15, I spoke in front of, I, I participated in a competition of um, uh, eloquence competition about Europe, which is at 15, most people will talk about other stuff, but I participated in this and I got into the finals in, um, 
and, and that was in front of an audience of 600 people at that time. And, and, so, and then I have never done anything with that before. Uh, I did follow poetry and uh, music and stuff when I was young. So I learned to stand in front of an audience at a young age. I was frightened, but I stood there. There was something stronger than the fear. It was something to want to do that. So I, I think it's, uh, that's where it started. And because World Peace is indeed a big project, I mean, I, I shouldn't uh, uh, I would say neg negate that. that is, it is very big. Uh, it, it took 50 years to mature and to, because I'm, I'm almost 59 now. So it started about 50 years ago. It's actually started, and you will see that in my, um, in my TED talk in, in Brussels, it started with the, the day my grandfather died, that he was the World War I soldier. I was not even six years old. But then I started to, because he was, we had a strong connection. I don't know why, but we had a very strong connection. And that's, and then the books of my father. And, and it, 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 I've always been in the books. I've always been reading. I, I've always been uh, a, a lot about war, a lot about peace. About, and then you start evolving and you, you f uh, I feel very connected to everyone and everything, to the planet. I think today I'm a, I'm a planetarian. I'm not a, not a Belgian or a European, although I, I really like the notion and the, the success of the European Union, but I feel like a planetarian. And I think we all have one mission, and it is to learn how to live peacefully and sustainably with 10 to 12 billion people, because that's the number of people there will be in 2100. And I think everything we do, you and I and all the people in your audience and all around the world, it should all fit into that one big mission. It's to get to that point, to be peaceful, because otherwise we will not be sustainable either, but then build on top of that sustainability. And so everything we do, whether it is just like you and I, uh, you know, we, we talk via computer and, and, and via the Zoom system, it doesn't create, except for the electricity, which is in my case generated by green power, it doesn't create any, any uh, negative imprint. Um, and so this is just an example, but there are many, many, many different ways. Uh, when you buy an airplane ticket, you make sure you do it CO2 neutral, small things. You, you reduce your meat consumption. If you eat meat, don't let it be flown in from Argentina or from wherever. In the winter, don't, you know, uh, Maybe you don't have to eat those green beans from Kenya, although you provide employment in Kenya by doing that. So you, you, maybe you can sort of neutralize it with a CO3, CO2 neutralization. So everything humankind does, and this is what I miss in the world today, is leaders with, a, with, with this vision that say everything we do as leaders has to bring us together as humanity so that we can all become peaceful and sustainable. Mm. That's, that's, the, that's for me the tagline. And uh, I think we all have a responsibility in that on a smaller or a larger scale. And I think those of us who have, who recognize talents within themselves, who have had big opportunities, um, et cetera, we have an extra responsibility, I feel. It's kind of a sense of uh, duty, but in a very positive way, not like a heavy burden, but as a fantastic opportunity. And, and living your life accordingly will just enrich it tremendously. Yeah. I want to touch on you with you on some points and regarding your purpose and your why in, in the next episode. Because, you know, talking to you, time flies. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> so we're already at the end of, of this episode, but I'm so happy that I have the opportunity to have a second episode with you. So thank you so, so much for being on Heart Sales Podcast and, you know, coming in with like a different view 
on things to inspire people and, you know, to motivate them to look a little bit further than just, you know, their own backyard or their own town or country, because there's so much more to explore and so much more potential that we are not living. So thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. Well, what a conversation. And I have to admit, not such an easy one. Talking to the man or the woman in the mirror might be quite challenging at times if we are even doing it. So I want to really motivate you and inspire you together with Gerd. Have that conversation. Look in the mirror. Look in your own eyes uh, this week. Right. That's the challenge of the week. And ask yourself that question, what can I do? And so often we say, well, you know, we're just a tiny drop of water in the ocean. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, it's still the ocean. So make sure you find something that makes your heart sing, that follows, you know, following your heart, being true, being authentic and, you know, giving what you have to the world it doesn't always need to be that big. Tiny differences will also make the world a better place. So thank you so much for being here. I still want to do a shout out to our listeners in London, the United Kingdom, as well as in Canada, Vancouver. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Please share Heart Cells podcast. Please share the love so that people sell from their hearts. They are authentic. They love what they do and they want the best for their customers. Already that makes the world a better place. Make sure you tune in to the next episode with the amazing Gerd Olofs and share his huge vision. You find all the links to Gerd at christineschlonsky.com slash podcast and yeah, connect with him. Follow the movement and bring peace to the world and to yourself. Have a wonderful day and I'm saying bye for now. <music>